Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, company, and welcome to a new episode of Talk Space & Co. I'm your host, Antonia. And if you haven't already, check out last week's episode on creating and maintaining a routine with Ashley Brown. We're gearing up for our first meal delivery in February, February 21st to be exact, um, at Interfaith Works Women's Center in Rockville. And we are accepting donations as well as seeking volunteers. So if that sounds like something that you would love to be a part of, definitely head over to our website, Momspace co.com to get more details and you can sign up for um to be a volunteer as well or make a monetary contribution um and also while you're there be sure to join our slack community all right so let's get into today's episode we're sitting down with shamika who is an advocate an educator and a speaker with a Master's of Science in Public Health, Master's in Marriage and Family Therapy, and over five years experience in the field of behavioral health. Shamika is currently a public health professional in the field of maternal child health and a Mama Glow full spectrum doula. Shamika is doing it all to me. <laughs> um, and we touched on that definitely in today's episode as well. And, um, Although she's, it sounds like she, her plate is full, Shamika has so much to give to help moms in this space, um, whether it be postpartum or just being an advocate for women. Um, so definitely grab your notes, well, grab your notebook, grab a pen, and enjoy today's episode. I hope that it is very helpful, um, especially within the times that we are in <laughs> from 2020 to now 2021 and how things are going. So if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe, share the, ep- share the podcast with a friend, um, share the episode with a friend, um, and we'll see y'all over in Slack. But in the meantime, here's today's episode. All right. So I am here with Shamika and of course, I'm going to let her introduce herself, but this is a topic that I feel like, um, it's really helpful in the day and age and times that we are currently in to really sit and talk about. So before we hop into that conversation, Shamika, tell the people who you are. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. Um, in the internet space, I am known as Positively Meek. I am a marriage and family therapist currently under clinical supervision. 
I am also a public health professional in the maternal and child health space. And I am also a full spectrum doula in training. Uh, and then just like some, you know, pizzazz in there. Uh, I'm also a certified life coach. Uh, I will be announcing soon, but I can go ahead and say it. I am a certified master life coach as well, but I will be announcing pretty soon in this, the first quarter of the new year um, about basically what type of coaching I'll be doing and how people can um, come along on that journey if they are not able to do therapy with me. And then other than that, I'm an empath. I love people, futuristic thinker, definitely, you know, all the magic. I've learned there's a lot of things I can do, but I can't do everything. And I was time. literally so, about to ask you, know? you, how are you doing all of that? <laughs> I, I think for me is finding finding what the key piece is. So there's an intersection in all my work and it is moms and moms and kids. Uh, so, and not even just moms and kids, because I think using intentional language is necessary, birthing people and mm -hmm. children, and I'm all about families. And that's literally how I got into this work, doing uh, my public health program at Meharry. I worked at one of Nashville's largest domestic violence shelters, and it inspired me to decide to do science from a different angle. Because in undergrad, I did like the, I guess we'd call them the hard sciences. Like I did a bio major, minors in chem and psych. Cause I was like, I wanna work with autism. But even my knowledge and joy from working in that field came from some work I did in high school, not to go too far back uh, with a uh, nonprofit group and a parent support group for parents of children with autism. So even looking at it now and looking back, they was like, oh no, it's always been the family and looking at, you know, keeping the family strong and strengthening the family. And of course I'm an advocate for strong black families or just strengthening black families. Mm -hmm. So now looking at the work I do and looking at the field for maternal child health, especially mental, um, maternal mental health, it's all about how can I be a better resource and advocate. So other mm -hmm. projects that I'm working on, which aren't I shouldn't say projects, other pieces to my puzzle that I am completing are uh, my PIL certification. So prenatal and infant loss advocacy. Also being able to do more with moms in the space of postpartum. So that's majority of my clients are birthing people who are currently experiencing postpartum depression. So sometime at the end of the year, after I take my <laughs> national licensure exam, I will be sitting for um, PCI's perinatal mental health certification um, exam. Wow. Yeah, that's a mouthful. That's Sorry, y'all. I wasn't trying to like <laughs> vomit on y'all. It's just, I came into 2021 saying this was going to be my year yes to myself. Um, and that included finishing up some things so that I could be that resource for other people, but also be able to take some of my time back so that when I'm not literally sitting in front of people or, you know, doing a podcast or doing some public speaking that I can actually sit down and take time to pour into me um, and my mental health as well as like the physical things that I need and not be sitting at a training or, <laughs> I mean, learning is lifelong, but also being able to finish up some things so that I have those gaps that I need as well. Nice that and like you said they all like tie into each other like everything that you have done from the beginning yeah. to now and going to do like it it sounds like a lot but they literally like mm -hmm. 
under the same umbrella. And I love that. That's dope. So let's talk about mental health. If you had to sum it up, what what really is it? Mental health is literally the actions and the thoughts that contribute to either our brain chemistry or the building of positive or negative emotions. I think a lot of times we talk about mental health and people get stuck on stigma in terms of Mm -hmm. mental health has to do with disorders. That's a piece of it. Also, mental health is being able to feel and understand your emotions, which may not be negative. They could be positive. Uh, Also, your nutrition, you know, body health. Are you working out? What is your self-care and time management skills look like? Like those are all pieces and things that I would discuss with someone in a therapy session. So they contribute to your mental health as well. And they aren't necessarily necessarily something I would diagnose in a DSM. They are things that I would ask for you to do on a regular basis to help build um, the positive behaviors that contribute to positive mental health outcomes. So what are some of the things like on a daily that could affect our mental health? Okay, so um, I guess we, can we talk about chronologically what's happening right now? Yeah, let we can, okay. absolutely. Uh, so yes. <laughs> today, as a matter of fact, we are looking at prime examples of our nation and how our nation treats our people. And for those who don't know, I am a black woman. Uh, so when, when I say our people, how our nation treats black and brown people, because what we witnessed were individuals, white individuals, um, who stormed mm-hmm. the White House. That may or may not be politically correct, considering there are videos showing they were kind of let in. But anywho, <laughs> you That's know, another they, conversation. <laughs> yeah, they broke they broke some windows and other things, but we didn't hear about anybody dying. Um, at no point would they call rioters or um, vigilantes. They were called protesters. Yep. Um, but literally what seems like yesterday, but was, you know, a couple of months ago, we had a whole 2020 where we saw so much racial tension and disruption because we were experiencing our brothers and sisters dying and getting shot um, and dying to cops. And then also dying at the hands of cops once again for protesting the fact that we were dying at the hands of cops. Mm -hmm. But here it is, we have these individuals who are literally taking over, quote unquote, or protesting because of an outcome of an election, which means that due process was served and we did go about doing things the way the constitution says, but they don't get the same labels that we get. Nope. And then we wonder, like, why individuals are, you know, literally struggling mentally or feel unsafe or are seeking therapy more Mm -hmm. or telling people it's not enough just to go to therapy. I need a therapist that understands my background or understands where I'm from. Because times like now, you may be sitting at your couch getting ready to go see therapy. But, you know, as a therapist, getting ready to go see clients and be like, you know, it's happening there, but you have to remember you're safe in your home. But as a black therapist talking to a black client, I'm, I'm aware. Yes, you saw that on TV, but it's a reminder of how America feels about us. It's a reminder that I'm not safe even in my home because look at Breonna Taylor, like she died sleeping in her bed. 
Um, It's also a reminder of stories that we've been told all throughout our youth um, and even as adults of things that happen as not, you know, our, depending on some of us, not just as our grandparents were growing up, but some of us, even our parents, like, you know, don't go down the road at night. If you see car lights switch off, like make sure you, you know, you have someone to call or, you know, keep in touch with. So it's just a reminder that we've been going through this for literally, I don't want to say ages, no ages, no, I didn't say that. We've been going through this since we were brought to America. (laughs) Um, So mental health is important, especially now, because what we're seeing is that it's going to take us standing up for ourselves and where that fight begins is taking back our minds because what we know is if I can take away someone's hope, if I can take away their confidence, if I can take away their ability to think that there is something different outside of what they see every day, then I basically have them trapped or I have them in a manipulative state that I can do whatever it is I want to do. And unfortunately for a lot of us from birth, that is what our country has done to us. Yes. Wow. You've touched on a lot. Um, one of the things that you you brought up earlier was um, um, moms dealing with postpartum depression. How can, or what are some of the things, if not just only therapy, can a mom who is dealing with postpartum depression and living in a time as such, like I can only imagine how overwhelming that could be for a new mom but how how can she navigate that space or how can she um would cope even be the right word so cope could be appropriate Uh, I think it for any level of care or any issue that would arise, whether it be in prenatal or postpartum, the number one thing we're gonna discuss is safety planning if that needs to happen. And of course, always, what does your support system look like? Because even in therapy, when things arise within the home, your therapist, because we are working individuals who aren't available 24 hours a day, like you need someone on your team though who is. So who is the person that you can contact directly if you're having scary thoughts? Who's the person that you can contact directly if you feel like you're in a place where you, I've had a client explain it to me as if they feel like they're in this darkness that has consumed them. And while they can hear the baby cry or see the dishes pile up or see that their spouse is maybe in need of something, they can't, their body feels paralyzed. Like they can't move. Mm -hmm. Um, And if that is the case, you can't even call anyone or reach out to someone because you're so stuck in that place. So who is the person around you that would notice that and reach out to you or be the person to be like, I see you in this place. I'm going to pull you up mm-hmm. because I've had clients who the, re- the way they found me or the reason they ended up seeing me was because a family member reached out like, Hey, it's a lot going on, but we noticed that some things changed and we need you to like, we're here for you, but we need you to also add somebody to the team. They got a little more expertise than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is that support system. Two, what we do or a lot of what we work on in therapy is always around mindset. 
So some activities may be learning to identify those intrusive thoughts. And intrusive thoughts would just be those thoughts that come that would be, not all the time are they scared, but they're those thoughts that you don't control. Like they pop up in your head and then you go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. And two hours later, you're like, okay, why did I do that? Or I was trying to stop, but I couldn't stop. So like, let's identify those. And when I say identify those, one is this thought true? Because most of the time the thought is not true. Fragments of the thought are true, but those fragments lead to a um, alternate universe or alternate reality. So once we've identified that, then we identify what type of thinking is this. So is this all or nothing thinking? The thinking that, okay, the baby's crying. If I don't pick the baby up right now, something is going to happen to the baby. So it's either pick the baby up or, you know, there's a, a negative outcome versus if you can't get to the baby right now, the baby may continue to cry, yes, or the baby may stop crying because it may just be that the baby was uncomfortable for a moment, or maybe the baby was, you know, crying out because, you know, they, for some moms, it's not even that the baby's crying. The baby may literally just be making a noise, like how babies sometimes make random, mm-hmm. you know, sounds, either they blow out a bubble or just whatever, but to a mom in distress, that just sounds like my baby needs me. Yeah. So let's identify that. And then there's a whole nother level. So there's like the futuristic thinking, there's the uh, like telltale thinking, and there's like several other things that um, we could break it down into. So identifying the thought, identifying the type of thinking it is. And then once you've done that, the other thing is like, how do I reframe this? Because the reframe is what helps us bring bring us back. Mm -hmm. So if, for instance, for a mom who maybe has been in therapy for not a long time, but for a little while, and we've made it past where she is like stuck and paralyzed in those thoughts, and we can get a little more creative. I've had moms draw out like movie films of like an alternate ending to the thought. Wow. And so, because part of that, you know, intrusive thought is your brain has created this story. So let's use your imagination and create a story that maybe has the same outcome, but is a little fun. Mm-hmm. So it may make you laugh and also something that reminds you that you control your thoughts. Yeah. So with I had a mom and it, it was just interesting to see how this unfolded because her biggest fear was her baby's falling out of the crib. Mm-hmm. So by the time we made it to the stage where she could use her, like let her imagination play and she come up with something, she had basically the cribs were inside like a um the foam pits like at a gymnastics arena mm-hmm. and she drew it out for me so if the babies fell out they basically fell into the, the bin yeah yeah and by the end of our session she had them flipping into the bin like they were having fun so just learning that it's about understanding that one it's normal a lot of it is hormonal changes um other fluctuations that are going on going on in the brain so when I say it's normal is that if this happens to you you're not the only one Mm -hmm. and it's normal to seek help like no one's going to be like oh my god what did you do like it happens Mm -hmm. um and then once we get out of the guilt shame or even just the paralyzing fear of what's going to happen move into the place of like okay if you know let's 
make this something that doesn't scare me anymore. Yeah. You know what this is reminding me of? One, the power of the mind. It's real, right? Because we yes. can we can make ourselves believe something that is like not even true at all. But it's also reminding me of the movie Inception, how they created their own realities or like, have you seen that one with Leonardo? <laughs> okay, my bad. <laughs> but oh, you're fine. I just I, I hadn't seen that one. You're, it's literally giving me like that, like how they would go in and they could create their own worlds, honestly. And even with, you know, just speaking, just with people in general, we can feed ourselves things in our own world, air quotes, mm-hmm. which aren't true. And it's, it's that's powerful. The power of the mind. Yes. But you said something also really important that stuck out to me um, is about going to like our friends and family and how you said, you know, it's normal, meaning the hormonal changes and having these thoughts, but how do we go to our friends and family or, you know, um, and this is, I'm going to say this as, as, as real as it is in my mind and how Mm -hmm. I want to, um, our church members, how can we go to them to let them know, like, to break that stigma of, oh, nothing's wrong with you or pray about it. Or, you know, like how, when I want to go to someone to really express to them, something's not right. Like I need help, but not getting that feedback from those people in our, in our circles. Does that make Edu- sense? Yes. Education and people like me helping to advocate that that is literally one of the the big reasons um why it was maternal mental health for me you know when choosing all the types of family therapy that I could do and it came down to the history that I saw in my own family of people being told you know we're just gonna pray about it or Mm -hmm. so-and-so had them scary thoughts too they'll go away or you know as a mom like it's gonna come you just got to give it a chance to come like it comes naturally no, it doesn't always. Yeah. And it's not always fun. Pregnancy's not even always fun is what I've, what I've. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you know, so um, mm-hmm. it's education. Okay. And it's twofold because I hear you saying, how do I go to them and tell them I'm experiencing this? Mm-hmm. It also is going to take those who have either already experienced it or those who haven't, have yet to even have children to be able to start talking to the church and be able to start talking to family members and start talking to individuals who have influence in other people's lives. So that means anybody and tell them about the importance of seeking help when these things occur. Yeah. Um, And I'm talking about anxiety, depression, an array of mental health um, disorders. So in terms of you speaking to someone, I encourage advocacy, I do. But if you know for a fact your family members are individuals who are pro, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They think that therapy is radical like Kurt Franklin was back Mm -hmm. you know, in the 90s. It, before everybody's grandma was walking down church in robes, you know, doing the lean as they came in. Stop <laughs> it. Uh, then what I encourage you to do is identify, when we talk about those support systems, that's part of it. Identify the person that is the radical one then, the person that does advocate for therapy, the person that has told you like, hey, 
like, yes, you need to get help or has spoken about it before you find yourself in that situation. Mm -hmm. Use them as a support to lean on. And then together, you all can handle going to talk to other people and talking to those in church. Um, And then if you don't have that, it's just, it's a lot to say, advocate for yourself when you're going through mental health issues for anybody. Like you're, you feel like there's a lot happening with you when you're fighting yourself Mm -hmm. and then to try to fight somebody else, it's it's Mm -hmm. a lot. But if you feel like you have that strength, then do that, advocate for yourself. Tell them like, hey, I hear what you're saying. I'm a believer just like you. I do pray. I do do whatever, but this is on another level. And when you say on another level, just on the sense that if somebody had cancer or somebody was suffering from a major ailment, you will say, we're going to go to the doctor and we're going to pray the doctor knows what he's doing. Mm. We're going to go to the therapist and we're going to pray that the therapist gets the answers from God that they need. Um, And I tell my clients all the time or because I'm not a Christian therapist. I'm just a Christian who happens to be a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, but those who know me and watch me in other areas know that I say I am a vessel. Mm. I pray, God, let people get from me what you need for them to get from me. And don't let me use my words. Like, whatever it is that's coming from me, let it be what it is that is needed in that time for whoever it is that's getting it. Wow. So just like we're praying for all these other professionals, let's pray for therapists. That way you don't see them as a threat or somebody that's speaking against what it is that you're teaching or the teachings of the church, because the church is an answer, but the church is not the only answer. And that's important to know anyway, because the church is a building and we've learned that about 2020, like God is supposed to be within you. Like the word is supposed to be within you. Um, So if that is the case, then the understanding too is that if I'm seeking resources from another individual who has the church within them I didn't leave the church to get that resource I just left the building but that's another podcast episode (laughs) (sighs) yes touch on it (laughs) um so when because I feel like it could be hard because I've had conversations with friends who we like I'm no therapist in any way, shape or form. And some of the things I don't even know, like with just, you know, postpartum and depression, I don't even know if I really ever went through it or not. Um, Because in those times I knew nothing like I said, oh, I just thought, you know, I'm just sad today or whatever the case may be. So having the conversations with friends, trying to help them identify, well, is it postpartum depression or is it a mental illness or are you just tired, you know, cause the kids are, you know, life is happening around you. So how can, I guess, we identify the two or differentiate the two when it comes to, is it postpartum mental illness or I'm just tired? So postpartum technically you guys can't see my air quotes is a mental illness okay um it's a part of the uh perinatal and postpartum mood disorders is what they're called so anxiety depression there could be forms of ocd um all of those but in relation to pregnancy Mm. are forms of postpartum mental disorders i learned something today because so, some <laughs> um, some birthing individuals do don't experience anxiety or 
don't experience depression or other mental health disorders until the stressors or traumas related to birth Mm. because we don't talk about how birth can be a traumatizing event and for some people create PTSD if you are a pregnant mom or birthing person listening to this everything's not bad we promise we 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 just we got to make sure we cover everybody not 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 everybody has the same experience (laughs) because I'm sitting here you're talking about like yes but birth for me for the first two we're traumatizing at least the first one and now trying to do it again I'm here trying to deal with okay this can't be the same again and you know there is some trauma in me and some fear in me but you know trying to work through that but it's real yeah and the differentiations of those in all honesty like baby blues often it's like the first you know maybe couple of weeks to some people they're like oh a month or so like I still I have baby blues but how we know it's postpartum depression is when it lasts we talking months and we've even found out that for some individuals you can have postpartum depression in your child and I'm saying the term child on purpose like Mm -hmm. no you don't have an infant no you don't have a toddler you have a child um and they're still having that crying spontaneously or um, anger that they don't, you know, understand, or being triggered by thoughts of harm coming to their child, or just fears that seem to be very grandiose, or just all-consuming, they just get worse. Yeah. Because for some people, what they'll do is just, okay, it'll just get better, and, you know, we'll ignore it, or um, they will seek help, and then when they start to feel better, stop, and then it comes back later. Uh, so that that is something which may not be new in terms of the field, but something new that even I learned was that postpartum depression, like the postpartum period is after giving birth. Mm-hmm. So literally until you have a baby again or you're in the prenatal period again, you're postpartum. Yeah. yeah. So is there an... Is there anything... Well, obviously, but okay, let's say I'm we're talking and you bring these things up. Is there anything I can suggest to say, or as me as the mom, just say that, okay, I'll get over it. Or that's not the question I want. Is there any, okay, I'm still here. <laughs> I feel like, cause I feel like you touched on some of the things that, you know, that we can do, which is like identifying um, like, controlling our thoughts you know um but is there like a quick fix type thing if that makes sense whereas you know you're talking to your friend and you're just like okay well you know what I'll just get over it on my own is 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 that a thing no (laughs) and and I say no in terms of I think it it comes they are how do I put this every individual is different because I could say the same thing about addiction technically, but there are people who will tell you they got sober and they never went to treatment. So I think it depends on the severity. It depends on the person and the person's support system. Because once again, the things I'm telling you about, if you have someone within your support system that is aware of these resources or is aware of what it is that needs to be done, because there are friends who, you know, they're not a therapist, but sometimes when you're feeling anxiety or you feel it's another word depressed that friend somehow 
it's almost like a therapist in terms of you talking to them and them suggesting things for you to do that actually make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that person happens to be in your life, then you may have had postpartum depression or prenatal anxiety and never had to see a provider, but it worked because of your support system. I guess that's the key, the support system. But yeah. no, there is not a quick fix that you can be like, hey, um, do this and you'll get better. Because even self-help books are dependent upon an individual being in a place to be able to read them. Because right. some moms will say, I want all the reading literature. I want to be able to read. I want to be able to understand this for myself. And then some people to say, if you even suggest a book for me, then you're not the therapist for me because you obviously didn't hear me say, I don't have time to breathe, let alone like open this book. Right, right. So when, I guess, when we're looking for professionals, are there any expectations that we should have or like going into therapy? So, so I will say um, as, depending on if you're looking for therapy specific to parenting related issues, or if you're looking at it for life building issues or to work through a specific problem, definitely look for therapists that either on their profile or when you're talking to them, mention that they work with that specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're talking to a therapist about any type of trauma and they don't tell you they they work with trauma that may not be where you want to go or maybe you're having work-life balance issues and this therapist has told you that they work with children play therapy and it's like oh well if they do that then they'll know how to handle my work-life trauma or they can make it fun in terms of play therapy no (laughs) that's that's not generally how it works and hopefully um and i'm speaking for myself here part of not part the reason i do my job is to help you be able to advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. that means i'm helping you learn to advocate even with me if i can't do something i'm going to tell you because my goal is to help see you grow it's never to tear you down and to go into therapy with the wrong clinician that's more damaging than you actually you know, seeing two or three therapists to figure out who's the right one. Yeah. So in a sense, that's almost like dating. Like before you settle down in a relationship that is, you know, abusive or manipulative, it's better to date multiple people and find the right one. Yes, you'll have multiple experiences versus one experience, but those multiple experiences could be very positive Mm -hmm. in terms of the negativity that would have been brought from the other. Yeah. Uh, So that understanding what you are seeking or like how you connect with people so when I say that once again almost like dating if you know that you connect with someone who has a nurturing personality or even someone you want to feel like they're in a session with them and they kind of have that mothering nature and I'm saying that because we're of course talking about moms um then you want to be mindful of that you might not want a therapist that's assertive and it's like straight to the point mm-hmm that won't, even if they're giving you what you need, it's not how you need it. So it's not going to work. Love yeah. languages. No, you love language. Like you got to have, because the first thing I'm going to tell you in a session is establishing safety and that's connecting. We can't connect if I'm not, you know, giving you a feeling of like, okay, this feels good. 
mm-hmm. which is in a sense also ties back to the safety. You won't feel safe with me if I'm not connecting to you in a way that you need to be connected to. Yeah. When and- the Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to add because and then when they start to, you know, maybe try to give you feedback or try to help in a way that's not, uh, I guess, speaking your love language, you won't take it as helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you may get to a point where everything kind of feels like the person is either being disrespectful or just having bad bets on men or like, Mm -hmm dang, I told them that, you know, this relationship didn't work out. And we were going through my history of my relationships. And instead of this person saying, we're learning and we're growing, this person was like, sounds like you ain't learning your lesson. Right. You're going to be right. You said what? (laughs) Like, hold up, huh? Like, are you even looking at them? Like, you know what? Let's go ahead and hit the end button. I ain't got to walk out the room. Good. Right. (laughs) Yep. So definitely. Yeah. uh, and like, you know, like I said, shop around, yeah. <laughs> ask your insurance, you know, or check and see like who is available mm-hmm. and then go from there. And then if we're talking about things that you don't have to necessarily even see the therapist for first to identify if that's what you need. If you know you want a therapist from a certain background, put that in keyword in searches if you're looking at Black Girls Can Heal or... Um, Black girls need therapy or therapy for black girls. Mm-hmm. Like it's in their title. Yeah. <laughs> the type of therapy <laughs> you look on there. Um, and not to even say it has to be a woman because some women see men. So even if you're like, I want to see a black man, like make sure you're notice, uh, noticing that too. Mm-hmm. There are some therapists that state their religious affiliations. Like there are specific Christian therapists, which means that you're saying like when you go to therapy you do want to include the bible or include pieces of church nothing wrong with that and there is a field for that so if you know you want that you can look into that um and do the same thing i want a black christian therapist or a hispanic christian therapist um just if you want someone from a specific background don't be afraid to ask for that And also remember that just because they look like you don't mean they had the same life as you. So you still got to do the process of checks and balances uh, to make sure that they're still going to be able to connect to you. Didn't even think about that one. Just because they look like you does not mean they've been what you've been through. (laughs) Mm -mm, Not at all. So Um, a question for you personally, how do you, because you're an empath, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like you take on a lot. How do you yourself like disconnect and recharge and reset or not, not get overwhelmed with like as a therapist and also a doula? Cause you're giving a lot of yourself to people. So I am a extroverted introvert. Um, like I know some people say, oh, you're, you're an ambivert. No, I'm not. I don't switch between the two. <laughs> not at all. Um, when I'm with people, I turn on, but I specifically recharge by myself. Like mm-hmm. I can't, as long as I'm around people, I'm never recharged and I'm constantly giving. Yeah. So I have to be intentional about spending time myself. For me, it's listening to music. A big thing on my list this year is doing more cooking, maybe learning to bake, um, tying more into my love language Mm. so spending quality time with individuals 
um, because my jobs in a way fulfill that act of service, mm-hmm. doing acts of service that still are quality time. So it's different doing acts of service in terms of being a servant leader or the service I provide for my clients. Those relationships are strictly professional. So the acts of service that I can do that may be um, me and my siblings doing something for our parents, but the whole time we're together, we're able to, you know, like exchange deep stories or once COVID is over, give each other hugs, those types of things. Mm -hmm. Because while physical touch may not be one of my top love languages, in my acts of service or quality time comes the physical touch, the gifts and all the other things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So being mindful of that, spending time in nature. Mm -hmm. I enjoy taking like walks. Uh, Where I'm at here in Tennessee, we have amazing hiking trails. Uh, There's also amazing national parks. So sometimes just taking a walk and looking at the foliage, like when the leaves change color on the trees I am like the nerd that wants to just take pictures of like the trees changing color Mm -hmm. Uh, bodies of water just walking over a river and like seeing where my mind goes Um, I'm very creative in that nature so things that fuel my creativity Mm. fuel my passion and give me um, a sense of relief and refuel so that to say basically the way I pour into myself is things I get to do for myself with myself or with those who I love on a like a deep level Mm -hmm. so that I am able to pull away from having to show up for anyone but myself yeah yeah that's dope and what I got from all of that and even just our entire conversation for the night is literally just tap into you because if if you're not aware of yourself, I don't think you could really do much, right? Meaning mm-hmm. your thoughts, your actions, um, and Something, just being intentional. Exactly. Something really cool that I heard, and I think it's a nod we all hear, but kind of go with me guys on this one. Um, so it's the story of, you know, I want to be a cup to pour into others um, but the understanding I can't pour from an empty cup so that's why I get from my overflow but then you have to take that a step further or that's what I'm learning um, we talk a lot about what's your niche or who's your population what we're saying is who drinks what's in your cup because it's even if I'm pouring from giving to you from my overflow I'm going to be constantly having to give and eventually it's going to give from my cup when I'm giving you what you don't need because it's not going to mm-hmm. sustain you so is what in my cup for you? Because mm. if not, then I need to realize that I no longer can serve you. So then I need to realize like, am I tea, coffee, or even if I'm all of that, am I the brand you drink? Come <laughs> um, on, three snaps. <laughs> no, that what you did. That, that took it a lot further. Yes. Um, so all in all, I don't know if you want to summarize it or if you have like a tip that you usually share um, with maybe your clients or people you probably come in contact with, what is a piece of advice or the best advice that you can give to someone who is probably ready to take on that next step and seek professional help? For a lot of individuals, it's about how others are going to see them or... I can't take care of me right now because I have so many other people to take care of. So the biggest tip there is 
you can't take care of them if you don't take care of you. Taking care of you is taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we hear a lot about the airplane analogy and that goes into all areas of life. If you're the person people depend on, if something is wrong with you, they're no longer getting what they need. So you have to willingly pour into yourself, get the help you need and mend those pieces of yourself or even enhance those pieces of yourself so that you can better serve those around you. So it always starts with you because if you get sick or if something happens to you, the people that are depending on you now can't depend on you. You can't depend on them. So then you're really stuck because now you're in a place where you're like, I definitely need to get help, but how do I even get to the source of the help? Because they can't even carry me because I did it all for them. Wow. Don't be afraid to let them learn for themselves because it's a twofold journey. They learn so that they can help themselves and not tear you down in the process, but also so that if ever happens that you get to the point where you do need assistance, they can assist you as well. Nice. Where can we get more of the, the like prophetic words that you, that you (laughs) speak of? (laughs) You need to like write a guide or something. Um, But how can we get in contact with you and learn more about what you do um, and maybe even seek you? So um, you can find me on all social media at Positively Meek, P-O-S-I-T-I-V-E-L-Y-M-Y-E-E-K. That's long, I know. I'll write um, it out. No <laughs> my email is in all of the in all of my social media. Website is being revamped and coming soon. And like I said, with that will come a a la carte of services to yes. be able to work with me. Uh, therapy is one of those things where, in your pre licensure phase, or when you, so I'm licensed, but like I said, under supervision. Um, but even once fully licensed. I'm licensed in the state of Tennessee. So mm-hmm. right now, anybody in the state of Tennessee can reach out to me. Um, but if you're outside of the state of Tennessee, we wouldn't be able to do therapy. But we can still do coaching. Um, I'm Based off of the events that have happened today, I definitely want to do some type of group. It would not be a therapy group. However, it would be a group for us to talk about therapy, like skills mm-hmm. that you may learn in therapy. So we wouldn't be sharing stories, but we'd be sharing the help piece. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, having the resources to give individuals that like, if you enjoy this, here's some therapists in your area so that you can actually work on one on one things that apply directly to you and only you. That would be- uh, so, yeah, website coming soon. Reach out to me on social media. I definitely respond. And if you see me in the streets, anywhere, feel free to say hello. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, you know, sharing a bit of your world with us um, and nothing but blessings on your journey and your you. upcoming endeavors. I can't wait to see it all happen for you. Thank so you. Same to you. thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I definitely hope you enjoyed it and I hope that it was some sort of help or a resource to you. For more information on Shamika and all that she's doing and soon more to come, um, definitely check out our show notes as well as our website, MomSpace & Co. to definitely tap into our community and join our Slack Slack space or Slack community um, to, to connect with other women and other moms and to be a resource to each other. So stay tuned till next week. And um, 
can't wait to chat with y'all then.